Hey Angels, it's Amy from the Freud's Angels podcast. And Vanessa. We're here to bring you a special series about my journey and rewriting my narrative around my body and redefining my relationship with it. And along the way, as Amy is on this journey, we will bring to you gifts that come out of it, ways that you can handle your own body journey, things that you can think about in order to reclaim your own narrative. Now let's get to it. Hello, sweet angels. Welcome back to the Body Reclamation Series. Um, Today, what are we going to talk about, Vanessa? We're going to buzzword it up. (laughs) Just just lay them on thick. (laughs) We are going to just empty our bucket of buzzwords on the table. We're going to sort through them. We're going to look at what they are and the feelings that they may invoke in us. And then we're going to learn how to reframe some of them. You bet. And we're going to start with the word willpower. (laughs) It's it's a a double-edged sword for me because I connect positively to willpower and I I connect negatively to willpower. And I didn't realize it until yesterday. What What I connect to willpower is all the times I failed to have willpower and that it's gotten me to where I'm at right now so it connects me to failing it connects me to punishment it connects me to um an againstness energy like you're against yourself so you have to have willpower um and it and it's akin to the word discipline and for me when i'm doing something that that requires all those things I see it negatively however when there's something positive that I'm doing and I'm I don't see it as an against me I see it as against like roadblocks that are in my way right like I will endure I will have the willpower to stay on this path I will not be diverted I you know like it's this very powerful moment to be like my will is stronger than this right (laughs) like and I feel it as like a super awesome thing but if it's something that I'm feeling like I have to do because of something else I've done or it's attached to that kind of failure energy I get that same feeling right like it's it's very negative it's very like punishment oriented and in this case that's what's happened. (laughs) That's, I think when we talk about our bodies and when we talk about food and when we talk about, you know, our brain body connection, willpower tends to have that negative connotation. And I think here's the thing. I think the first thing to bring to light is awareness. How, what is your relationship with the word willpower what do you what does it feel like for you what does it bring up for you and when would you use willpower like really be bring an awareness around that and I think the second level of awareness is when you discover something meaning okay Vanessa you want to share your story of you know what you're looking at now and how um you know how you're you're 
um, experiencing the idea of willpower? Yeah, sure. Um, well, so it started with, um, so I, you know, very small thing that it seems like should be a small thing. Um, I don't, you know, typically have struggles. I'm usually very much like if, well, as my body fluctuates, which it normally does, I'm usually, you know, totally chill about it. Um, because I know that I, I feel, I really do feel like I have the ability to change things whenever I want to, if I want to. And usually I just let it go and be what it's going to be. Um, but I want, I try to put a lanyard around my waist, which I do when we go to the park so that I don't have to hold my keys. And it was very snug. <laughs> I'm used to putting it on and it kind of drops a little bit onto my hips. Um, and it was a little snug. And I thought, huh, I've clearly gained weight, right? Like this is very much an indication that there's a little bit more weight on me. And I sat and I thought for a minute and I was like, I don't understand what, where that's coming from though. I'm not doing anything different than normal. You know, what could actually be happening? And now that I've been doing all of these like food sensitivity stuff and all that kind of stuff, it's like, well, your body's saying something, yeah. right? Like it's not screaming for help in the form of painful knees or anything like that. I am still within a pretty healthy weight um, for my, for how I feel. Yeah. Like I don't, but that's where it came in of like, okay, well now you got to sit and examine, like, how do you feel though? You know, like, have there been other hints that you've been ignoring and that this is the attention that, that, that ties it all together. And that was indeed what happened. I thought about how lethargic I have been when I wake up in the morning, not that I bounce out of bed. I'm not a morning person by any means <laughs> and never happened. No, can't count on me jumping out of bed, eating the day. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Bigger. I need like, 30 minutes to 45 minutes to really awaken <laughs> from the time that my eyes open. Um, and I have like a morning ritual that I have to complete in certain steps in order to like <laughs> keep it together. Um, but yeah, like for the last, I would say a couple weeks, I've been waking up very, very lethargic, needing to lay in bed for longer. Um, which is not typical. Usually I can kind of, you know, drag my way. And by the time I'm taking the dog out, I'm feeling okay. I'm like ready to start the day. That hasn't been the case. Um, so I had, I, I sat and I thought, and I was like, okay, well, what's going on? Like, what is your body telling you is, is going on? And for me, I've done enough work to know some things, right? Um, there's always, I mean, our bodies are ever changing and truly, I don't think we're ever going to know everything ever. Like as much as science advances, we'll never know everything because of the unique chemistry that is in everybody's body. Um, so, but I've always been on that quest to know as much as I can. I know that I have food sensitivities. I know some of the very big ones. I don't know if there's some other low level ones, you know, I have to go back and be retested. But so that brought me to the, the conundrum the feeling of, well, I got to say goodbye to those things then because I'm aware that I'm engaging in them and knowing that they are not good for my body and still engaging in them brings up a feeling. Um, and it brings up the need for willpower that um, when I said it, you know, you were kind of right on of like, well, it feels like now there, there has to be a punishment, right? Whereas when I need to bring my willpower into my business, 
and buckle down and get through it. It's not negative. It's awesome. The, the end result is super amazing and I'm ready and I'm doing it and I'm determined. I don't feel that way about this. I don't feel ready and determined. And like on the other side is that girl again, who feels so good. Like where is, wh- how come I can't access that? So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, well, she also likes to eat pizza. <laughs> And her immediate needs apparently sound a lot better than her long-term desires. (laughs) And it's like, I know that's like a tiny thing, I think in terms of, you know, some of the big, bigger things that people are facing. But for me, it is a big thing that it's like, hmm, okay. Like what else, what other things, what other things are, 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 is my body telling me to lay off of right now so that we can get back to homeostasis and like how can I do it in a way that makes me feel good versus feeling like I'm punishing myself for creating inflammation and all of those kind of things right right and so and so that kind of so leads me to the second idea of how aware we are about what affects our body, you know, that second level awareness, like, you know, and it's funny because this whole, and and I will share my story from this weekend of of a discovery that I know that dairy and I don't really mix really well. I am lactose intolerant. Dairy is an inflammatory thing anyways. Um, And so this weekend, not only did I have like chocolate mousse with chocolate ganache, because that has dairy in it, but the ganache has milk in it. Mm-hmm. I had a milkshake with whipped cream. I had like, I had dairy. I had crepes this uh, yesterday for brunch with whipped cream, <laughs> like dairy in it up. And I wonder why, like, I felt like crap, like. It's, it's just, I, I know, but I, I did the things that I wasn't supposed to. And well, I mean, to throw a monkey wrench into it, Grace, I have been eating a gluten-free, dairy-free diet. I know that I can have dairy-free cheese. I know I can, there's dairy-free whipped cream. All of these things can be dairy-free. Why don't we want that? Yeah. <laughs> Because restaurants don't offer dairy-free things, but yet we want them. Although I will say the ready whip, the, the, um, the almond ready whip is amazing. It is so good. Like I almost prefer that over the regular ready. Uh Uh-huh. It doesn't have a filmy taste. Like regular whipped cream now, like films my mouth. Because it's the fat. Yeah. It's the fat. So I just, yeah. So, so one of the things that I, I have decided, you know, and, and so like you talk about willpower and I, I personally don't have any, I personally, um, I, I was missing the day they handed that out. I, I, when it comes to see, and here's the thing, and here's something else I discovered. I was talking about yesterday to somebody, I said, when coping with high emotion, One of my things that I use to cope with high emotion is food. 
And so this entire year, I've been coping with high emotion via my eating. And so I realize is that the things that I'm eating or seeking is comfort. It's the things that feel comforting, that are comforting, consider comfort food, you know, and I, that was an awareness that kind of just made me realize is that, okay, all right, all right. Um, but when I think to the idea of, I need to make changes, there's a part of me that's resistant because I feel like I'm going to restrict myself, which is not good in a sense, mentally, it's not a good thing to do to have that restriction, but I'm really working on reframing what that is in my brain, like how to see it in a different way, other than restriction, other than, um, but part of me is because I'm beginning to find this sense of empathy and gratitude and compassion for my physical body. I think of all the little, this is ridiculous, but this is how I'm accessing it. I think of all of the little bacteria that's in my gut. And I think of all the foods I eat. And then I think of foods as, is it pro gut health, like gut bacteria, or is it anti, is it something that is going to kill or weaken the things that live in my belly to help me live and to have nutrients and be healthy Or is it going to promote it? Is it going to hurt it? Is it going to help it? So I kind of look at these two things in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And when it comes, and I love that you have an awareness, Vanessa, that coffee is something that, that really, it's, it's a histamine food. So it really elevates that process for you. I love that you are, have that level of awareness and I, and I kind of am envious of it. Um, because I don't know all of my sensitivities. I know some, but I don't know all of them. Um, and my tendency is to like do everything all at once yeah. rather than doing one thing at a time. Like I notice I'm eating a lot of dairy. Okay. All right. There are some things I have to have that have d- dairy is important. I can't, I love almond milk and oat milk, but like, I can't eat cereal with, I have to have, it's just something someday I'll get there. I've, I've done it, but someday I'll get there. Um, so like doing my grocery shopping, like, so I've replaced all of my like dairy with something that's different. Like, like all I'm, I'm buying almond milk. Um, you know, I'm buying, I'm, I'm keeping eggs cause that's just how it's going to be. Cause I, I'm not prepared to do that yet. Um, although I will say though, <laughs> I'm still eating far less eggs than I've eaten in a long time, which I'm sure helps. Yeah, um, you're lowering it like that, and that's the, the the goal is lowering first. I mean, it doesn't make sense to halt everything because then when we put it back in, inevitably, we're just going to do the same thing. It's like yeah. the same people. So it does make it actually makes more sense to step down than it does to cut off. Right. So I just I I I have to remind myself that it's a marathon, not a not a race. Like like it's not like I have to. I have to do one thing at a time. And so for me, that one thing this week, these next two weeks is relying more on like plant-based milk. Mm -hmm. And as an aside, friends, I found this 
fascinating TED talk about milk and about plant-based milk and about which ones, like how obviously everything is lower than cow's milk. Like cow's milk is not only does it affect the environment, but it uses the most water. It uses the most whatever resources in order to put that on the shelf. And then it broke it down by different, like the other ones. So soy and I, was it oats? Soy and oat milk, I think were the two that used the least resources um, because almond milk wasn't a contender because of the constant need for the trees to be watered in order to start producing after the first year of growth. So there's an excess amount of watering that the trees will need to produce almonds. Um, So that's why it was like second highest. um, And, but, you know, they, uh, they calculated that soy and, um, oat milk were the two least, were the two least amount of resources to create that milk. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's look at it. Let's look at, you know, what, what, what can we palate? Like what's palatable for us? What can we do? So, you know, it's choosing like, you know, just, I don't know. It's just having choices and choosing something that's different. I won't eat soy milk because of its hormones, yeah, but I don't do soy milk either. I'm because. an oat milk girl because it's creamy. Like it's much more creamier and it like goes in so many more things a lot. It feels a lot more like milk to me. Yeah. Even like almond milk. I feel like they water it down so much. It's thin. That you have to use a lot of it to get like any kind of, there's milk here. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of agree because I, I did try oat milk on uh, like a sample once and I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of a lot more thicker than yeah. um, almond milk. But it's funny because in the documentary, it talks about how people will say that the hormones in, um, in soybean is so minimal that it's not going to affect it. Okay, friends, this is just an aside. This is a fun fact. My friend yeah. used to drink soy milk in her protein shakes all the freaking time all the freaking time. She says to me, she's like, I have no idea how this happened, but I'm pregnant. I'm like, you're pregnant because you've been drinking soy milk for a very long time. And she's like, cause she always used to complain how it would make her boobs hurt. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, girl, it's that soy milk. No, it's not. So she ended up pregnant. Yeah. That's why they use it in, in, in like, uh, and menopause (laughs) and they're telling us that 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 it's it's like the amount is negligible well apparently for some people that's not negligible right right but i often wonder too though is that there's a great mental health benefits because um in that hormonal type of imbalance Right. Like if you need it and, and that's that thing about that individual body thing that actually blows you away of like and we were talking about it before that like, these are things that should be accessible to us. We should be able to go to our doctor and access. Yes. What are my food sensitivities? All of them. Where yes. are my hormone levels at? Even though I'm not trying to get pregnant. Cause that was the only time anybody cared about my hormones, to be honest, 
was when I was trying to get pregnant. That was when they tested to make sure. And the second part of my cycle, I had enough progesterone and all that crap. Well, guess what? I'm not trying to get pregnant, but I still want my hormones to be balanced. So please, can you give me a test, right. a, a comprehensive test? Yes. You're the only place I can get it from. Yes. And not a test that just, just tests the basic levels because right. my levels, I have hirsutism friends, and that's where you get facial hair. And they did my tests. All my hormones are normal. Yeah. All of them. None of them are imbalanced. I have polycystic ovaries. I have hirsutism, which is facial hair. And they're telling me all my levels are normal. How are your androgens? I'm like, okay. And then the Canadian doctor that I went to said, well, a lot of times because my face is, has excess fat, because if there's a certain level of fat, you're, it'll create testosterone, which creates the facial hair mm-hmm. between because well, yeah. there's excess weight on the face and that, that could be a possibility, but I'm just like, I just, I just feel like I, my body's a mystery and no one really wants to figure it out, but me. And then they're not going to give me the test. That's going to take me to figure it out. It's like, I want to go and say, give me every medical blood test that you have, like, give it all to me. I'll give you vials. You want 10, 20. (laughs) Take a quart and do what you can. (laughs) Look the IV up. Let's just do it. It's like, which we should be able to, you know, but unless we're educated, we don't even know to ask. I didn't know that there were additional thyroid panels. I thought you just got your thyroid test and then it came back. And then when I still wasn't feeling good and somebody said, well, did you get a full panel? And I was like, I don't know. I got what the doctor gave me. And they were like, Oh, hundred percent. They didn't give you the full panel. They never do unless they have to go ask for a full panel. And I went and I asked for a full panel and my free T3 was off, but that's not part of the normal thing. And it was like, well, how is the average person who's not on this journey and being hyper vigilant yes. going to know to do that? Yes. My God, this sucks. Like yeah. I feel for all the people who are going there and saying, I don't know why I feel bad. They're being labeled with being depressed. Yeah. Because, oh, well you feel sad and all your panels are normal. So you must just have depression. Your body just maybe for some reason woke up on a Tuesday and said, no more serotonin for you. <laughs> My polycystic ovaries didn't appear just because they decided to appear. Right. Like your, your, your ovaries were like, you know what we're missing? A bunch of cysts. Right. <laughs> like it happened for a reason. There are things we're doing to our bodies that they don't care about, man. The, that, the fertility episode of the Rupa Health podcast. It's funny that we were like, oh, you could skip it. It was very fascinating to talk about, um, birth control because birth control wrecked my body girl my body and I remember being like well then why the hell is everybody on it why the hell are they bringing it to high school to get high school students to be on birth control at the age of 16 and why are clinics letting women because I was 16 and I went to the clinic by myself my mother didn't take me to get birth control right well because the fear of a baby is more real at 16 than the fear of your ovaries not working well at 30 when you want to have a baby. You can't think about that at that time. And if you don't have birth control, you're going to, the kids are not going to abstain. I mean, I see where the process came. 
I yeah. see where it came in, but I also am like, you are ruining, like, this is why more people than ever need fertility treatments because yep. their bodies have like been totally wrecked by this stuff. But again, it's, you go to your doctor, you trust your doctor. Yeah. It throws off your hormones, your androgens, your whatever. There are tons of side effects that they don't pay attention to or know about or care about. I'm going to be honest with you. Some of these, you know, 10 minute doctors, they don't give a shit. No, nope. they're, they're here for the paycheck. They've gotten themselves in a place where they, they can't access the bedside manner that probably brought them into the medical field. But yeah. it's up to us to do this work. It's up to us to spread the word when we're, when we're the people, you know, doing this journey and saying, my God, please don't just take that as fact. Please know that when you hear yourself and you feel your body saying something, find somebody who'll listen, find a holistic doctor, find, ask questions about food sensitivities. And if that person says, oh no, that's not a big deal, move on. If, if, if the first thing they offer you is a medication to mask your symptoms, move on because you, yeah. you need that root cause. And, and again, it sucks because what are you going to have to do? I yeah. have to restrict. If I want to feel good, I have to restrict at least for a little while, certain foods that I'm eating. I have to come to terms with that as not punishment, but as nourishment of my body. It's it taking a break. Like punishment. Right. Yeah, exactly. But it feels like punishment because we do get into that space. We get into the space of, of deprivation because we want our free will. Yeah. But we haven't really sat with being like, well, my free will has been a little bit rampant. <laughs> like, it, huh, like what does free will actually mean? Free will to destroy my body and create cancer within it? Or <laughs> like, do I want my free will to be um, a different story? <laughs> well, and it's never, it feels like it's never like, eat less veggies. The veggies are inflaming me. Like it never feels like it's the stuff we don't want to eat. It's always the stuff that we really love. Yeah. Like pizza. Yeah. yeah. Well, because we've been trained to love it. It's things have, things are created to taste good so that we'll buy them. Yeah. I was eating something that I don't remember what it was, but I was like, this tastes good. And I know that they have people in labs working night and day to make this taste so good that you want more of it. It was like yeah. potato chips or something that like, I was yep. indulging in. And I just remember being like, this is a market. It is a market. This is not nourishment for my body. They are trying to make me buy their products by making it taste good. And now I think it tastes better than other things because it's a science. They've, they're scientists. They're not chefs trying to put together some healthy stuff that tastes good. They're scientists trying to tickle parts of our brains so that we will become addicted to things. true story there are no scientists eggplant scientists right like the eggplant just exists (laughs) unless it's gmo right right which something oh i can't remember it there was something i found out that was gmo lemons maybe (laughs) that i was like shit (laughs) but i don't know i haven't really explored whether or not but it was a cross between two things which technically is what a GMO is, right? Is genetically genetically modified, modified. right? Which means that you could put two things together and it becomes a hybrid and it could be a good thing, right? Like sometimes cross-pollination happens on the earth naturally because the wind blows. Yep. 
absolutely. There's no, nothing. It's when you get so far from the original food where there's no nutrients left that it's just tasting good. It's just pure sugar almost. Yep. And exactly. It's not. Yeah. Right. Or, or modifying it so that it lasts longer on the shelves. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. But it's hard. Like this, you know, I feel like and this is to kind of bring it into the perspective of, of what it's like to be on the outside of, um, of the journey sometimes and, and, you know, kind of bouncing in and out. Right. Um, I I've said all along doing this podcast that like listening to the plight of people who I don't connect with, cause I don't have the same exact problems is something that we all can do because we can access something about us that gives us the empathy to be like, yeah. And for me, it's that willpower. Like I very much understand people's food addiction because I understand how difficult it is for me to stop eating stuff I love. And it's, and I don't even have that many things and they're all, you know, like, but it's damn hard. So when there are 50 things that are hard to stop eating, I get it. Yeah. I'm having trouble stopping two of them right. <laughs> or three, I guess, because I got to cut out coffee for a little bit too. Three, everything else, pretty good. I eat, I eat pretty well, but I'm going to, I have to try those first and see what happens because those are the ones I know a hundred percent are part of it. Right. Cause it could be that while you feel you may have gained weight, some of it could be inflammation, right? It could just be inflammation reacting to your body where it's not really weight, but it's just, it's actual inflammation. Right. My, my organs being inflamed and being tender and like puffing up, right? Like when you, when you eat a meal and your stomach expands, you didn't just gain a bunch of weight and then lose it later. Your insides are inflamed. And just like if you hit your thumb, it swells up. So do your organs. (laughs) Right. And, and to not only that, but you start to retain water when you start to become inflamed, you have edema and that, and it can be on a very minute scale. It can be on a very big scale when your lymph system is trying to get rid of some of the stuff that your body is like, it's inflamed. What do we do? Yeah. The whole body's in chaos, which is what creates autoimmune disease. Yes. hundred percent. So yeah. I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. I have, I have a finger right here Yeah, been inflamed for months. Yeah. Hard as a rock on some days it really hurts and I can't bend my finger. And I have been like, that's not normal. You didn't break it. There's something going on. Body's telling you like yeah. the inflammation is not cool. We're going to have problems soon. Ugh. But at the same time, though, you know, we have to make, we have to decide, we have to not look at it. I think the key and what I'm hearing is the key is to not look at it as if it's like something you have to do against yourself. Yeah. Your body is asking you to make changes. Your body is saying, I don't thrive with this food inside of me. And I want to be vital and and have vitality and have energy and strength and wellness. But this food is not promoting that. Um, 
you know, and it's, there are foods, there are certain, there are some foods that, yeah, we need to let go of for a very long time, but, you know, it's not to say that it isn't like, some of us may have foods we just need to like cut out for a while to let our body heal mm-hmm. and our, let our body, and then we can slowly introduce it in moderation. Right. But the thing of it is, is that I think we need to understand is that this will determine your response to the idea of having food sensitivities, what your next thoughts are going to determine whether you're antibody or whether you're pro body. And that's where I feel the distinction of what your next steps are going to be is if you're, if you feel sometimes how I feel where it's, I'm still working through that punishment feeling of it's against this type of energy that I'm like, yeah, you're not hundred percent pro body then. you're not, you're not in that space of realizing that it's not about you doing something or like they, that, you know, it's, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with your body signaling to you saying, help me, help me, help me. And you're not receiving it as help me, but you're receiving it as a barrier to eating what you want to eat. And that, you know, if I, when I frame it that way, I'm like, oh, I'm so mean to my body. That's not nice. God, I'm like, I'm sorry. It's like, I don't want to be that person. Right. Cause we talk about politically, those people that are like, you're taking my freedom. It's like, oh my God, that's what I'm saying. To my body. <laughs> like, that's the person I'm being. Don't take my freedom. The body's like, it's not my fault. <laughs> like, you did this. Like, I literally you. can't help this. <laughs> I didn't do this to you. You did this to me. <laughs> right. Can you please be on my team or else this is going to get worse. Yeah. And then you're really going to be like, right. (laughs) So I love that. I love the idea. So reframing it of like, I am pro body and I'm treating my body as an entity that, that I speak with. Right. And that like tells me what it needs and I give it what it needs and that we don't that my body, and this is, I remember being in a group once where somebody said something about my body needs, and it was kind of being a smart ass, like donuts or something. And I was like, your body doesn't need donuts. Your emotions need donuts. Like you have to speak to yourself the way that it's being honest, because you may end up having the donut, right? But you have to be honest with yourself and say, my body does not want this. My emotions want this. And I'm making a decision right now that is going to inflame my body. Yeah. How do I feel about that? <laughs> Am I being pro or anti right now? Right. I love that. Right. When you have conscious awareness of what you're doing and what you're, how your body's reacting, you're choosing whether you're, you, that's the punishment. That's yeah. the abuse. Yeah. That's, 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 it's not about restriction, but it's about knowing that if you put this inside your body, your body's going to be inflamed. There is a sense of onus that you have to have you're you're now disregarding your own body's personal health your own personal health for the sake of a 15 minute fix right and, and, I, up and that whole self-worth right because some people will be like i don't care my body sucks and i suck too Might well, well eat food i like and and that's your choice that is your prerogative that is your choice and hear me out we're talking about actual sensitivities. I'm not talking about 
restriction eating because your diet said so. That's not what we're talking about. We are talking about food sensitivities that your body is having a hard time digesting, a hard time getting the nutrients from it, the hard time having it exist within itself. Like, you know, there, there's actual medical reason why you may need to cut, lower it or reduce it or, or eliminate it depending on what it does to you. But that's the journey we're on. That's the journey I'm on. I don't want to, I know dairy fucks me up. And so with that knowledge, now I'm like, okay, girl, let's, let's, let's look at our grocery list. Let's make some, a small change this week. Let's see if it helps. Let's see if I feel better at the end of the week for having eliminated almost all of milk. I'm just, I'm not even talking about cheese. I'm not even talking because I don't really eat cheese, but I'm talking about just milk itself because I kind of drink a lot of it. Yeah. And I have like, like that sweet cream creamer. Like I have the real shit in my coffee, like, like the actual dairy sweet cream. And I'm like, okay, maybe I need to try some other types that are thick enough to act like cream Mm -hmm. because almond milk, anything in almond milk, it's like, it's still Brown. Why is it not caramel color? (laughs) Right. I will say we got some oat milk creamer in the, in the, and and they make it so it can be creamy. I I actually can't use a lot of it. Like, and it's oat milk because it makes it too creamy. Like I drink my coffee black with sugar and like very minimal sugar because I, when I had to give up dairy, I was like, I don't know what to do. And I did, I did the thing with the almond milk and I was like, I might as well just be dumping more water in here. Like this is doing nothing. It has to be 50% almond milk for me to feel like this. Is even then, <laughs> even then it's transparent. It's like skim milk. It's see-through. Yeah, exactly. I was like, this is ridiculous. But the, the oat milk creamer that we got, Primo. Um, and they have, they have some that don't have sugars in them. So you can all regulate your sugar because yeah, there's, we're talking about food sensitivities, but we all are, all, we are all also aware that there are some things that none of us, it's not good for any of our bodies, right? Like a shit ton of sugar. None of us really need to have that. It's not a nutrient that we're deficient in <laughs> and we need to go have bunches of it, but it doesn't mean that we have to cut out all sugars and all that kind of stuff. We just watch our intake so that on a, like, if we are in that space of like, Yo, donut, man, I'm into it today. We're just thinking about, well, I mean, where are my sugars for the day? Yeah. Do I want to, you know, how, how do I want to do this? Right. And just kind of planning those things out so that you can. And then seeing, you know, how it goes, because the other part of it being the other part of willpower is not just not doing it, but how do I do it in moderation? Yeah. That's where the other part of willpower comes in of like, can I eat just one donut? If I'm a person that, you know, might, might eat four, I maybe can't, I feel like I can't eat one. And so when you're telling me this, it's setting me up to just never stop changing, like to not change because my, my willpower fails in those moments, right? Those are the things that you hear. And that's tough. That's a really tough thing to address because we don't want to say you have to restrict, but we do have to say, well, we have to make some sort of brain change, some sort of mindset change that helps the situation along. 
right? Slowly. hundred percent, hundred percent. It's tough. There's, you know, and there's different ways. I mean, we have people who talk about mindful eating and, and, and intuitive eating and I get it. And those are all really great things, but you can mindfully eat and intuitively eat, even if you know, your body doesn't like certain things. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, if you have an allergy of some sort, I mean, that's what this is. I mean, you guys, I think, I don't know that people hundred percent realize is that when your body's inflamed and has sensitivity to a food, it's an allergy. It's, it's a low grade or high grade, depending on the food allergy, mm-hmm. because, and so if you had an allergy, say, for example, you had, I don't know, pollen allergy, would you go outside at peak pollen periods? No. Unless you're going to Yeah. Would you do that? Because that's kind of what you're doing when you're eating the things that your body's sensitive. Right. Or if you go into anaphylaxis from having shellfish, you're going to have a tiny bite because you yeah. like how it tastes. <laughs> no, because you'll die. Like death is like the only thing that we're going to be afraid of. <laughs> a fast death, not the slow death that that comes from continuing to eat it. Yeah. Ooh, it's rough. There's so much around it. And again, like the support of this, of, of society doesn't exist. This type of work that we're talking about doing, the support does not exist. We are mm-hmm. tiny pockets of people. I feel like that gradually come into awareness and then try to find more people that can hear this, that can understand that because left and right, we're getting the opposite we're getting the advertisements and we're getting the convenience and we're getting the busy lifestyle means that convenience is necessary and convenience is processed. Convenience is not, you know, pure food. And so we get stuck in this very awful cycle. Yeah. And then on top of it, you add pharmaceuticals to address something that can be addressed with food cycle being changed. It's, it's a lot, it's overwhelming. It is. It is because I'm overwhelmed, mm-hmm. but like I said, I'm just taking it one thing at a time. Milk. going to change that one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. I may even try some fake cream cheese. I just I'm- had some on a bagel yesterday. It was delicious. <laughs> Do you, which, what's, what's your favorite? Um, my favorite is Oh God, I can see it on the shelf right now because they have flavored cream cheeses, which is great because then I don't have to mess with them. The one that I have downstairs is, I don't know the names of them. And this is terrible. There's is it Kite Hill? Kite Hill is the one that has the flavored ones. Kite Hill is good. The flavored ones are good. The one I'm thinking of, it's downstairs. I can't go look at it. It's, it's, it, it kind of looks like a tub of Philadelphia cream cheese in the plastic tub. Okay but it's pretty good. Like I didn't feel, and I had a gluten-free bagel. I did not feel like I was eating a gluten-free bagel with dairy-free cream cheese. And to me, that's amazing. Yeah. And maybe it's been too long since I had one, but I don't care. It felt good. I was happy. And that's a level of, you know, success excitement for me <laughs> because I don't feel like I'm deprived of a real bagel and real cream cheese, yeah. but yeah, the Kite Hill ones are good. It's just each store, I feel like in my area has different stuff. So whenever I, you know, when I'm out of something, I just get whatever's there. Um, But it's the same thing with the cheeses. 
some of them are, I mean, you can't go into it thinking that this is going to taste like cheddar cheese. It's not, but you go at, I go into it thinking, well, it's going to be a different cheese, a new cheese, a cheese I've never had before <laughs> and just kind of roll with it. <laughs> right. The tofuti cream, uh, sour cream is amazing. We have it on our tacos. You can't tell the difference. Okay. There's a lot. We're in a, we're in a time where it's a lot easier. 20 years ago, you know, I feel bad for those people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, friends, we've had a kind of a little bit of a transcendental journey, which I love about food sensitivities, about understanding and reframing our buzzwords of discipline of, of, uh, what's the other word? Restriction. Willpower. Willpower. Sorry. I totally lost it. I got to block them without so much. I don't want it. Yeah. Don't know that one. So think about it. Sit down with a journal, really write out or just sit and have a kind of contemplation about what is your relationship with the idea of willpower and what is your relationship with the idea of, of, you know, of not restriction, but mindfully choosing a better version of what it is you want for your body that your body will accept. Cause you know, we, we do need to take care of our bodies because uh, we want to, because right. it's our body. It's what helps us drive us through life. Right. So and the people who've made the foods that we're yeah. excited about didn't care about our bodies. Yeah. So we, it leaves it to us to do that work. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you next week. And um, until then, take care, be kind to yourself, and we'll talk soon. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's Angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.